Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 82. We're launching a brand new series today with our interviews, and as a compliment to our talks with our awesome makers and content creators, we're flipping it over to the other side of the table. We're going to be interviewing some leaders from the brands themselves. We're starting off our brand talk series with our friend Craig Coffey, who's the director of marketing and communications at Lincoln Electric. Now, Craig has been with Lincoln for seven years managing the marketing and communications for this massive welding company, and he's brought on some heavy-hitting influencers in the makerspace. And he's on the show today to tell us about what he thinks about content creators and how he works with them and how you can work with brands better. He'll also be sharing with us some more about an upcoming event they have called Spring Make. Craig gets into the details of Spring Make during the show, so stay tuned for all of the info about that later on. But first, we do want to let you know about an exclusive offer for our MFP listeners. Right now, our listeners can save $200 on the Spring Make Conference Pass or a Conference Pass plus a Crash Course. Stay tuned for more details about what a Crash Course is later, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to want to be there. The discount code is all caps made for profit, one word, and you can plug that in at checkout at springmakeshow.com. Absolutely. We are super stoked about this. Again, Craig's going to go into a ton of detail. We will have a link to that in the show notes, which we'll talk about later in the show. Uh, It is going to be an amazing event. But before we get into it, we do want to thank some new members that joined the MFP Patron Tribe this week. We had Philip Danner, Craig Colligan, and Jacob Anderson. Thank you so much, guys. If you want to support the show and get some awesome rewards like the after show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. And without further ado, here is our first Brand Talk interview with Craig Coffey. All right, guys, so we are so excited to have our first interview with a brand. We have Craig Coffey from Lincoln Electric. Craig, welcome to Made for Profit. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, man, we are, we are so excited. This is something that we've been wanting to do for a while is to uh, you know, we talk with a lot of content creators and a lot of our folks out here are, are the listeners are all content creators or product makers. So having a brand come on and get the other perspective is really great because uh, it, it's awesome to hear peers and everything. But having it from the outside and somebody like yourself, we're really excited to chat with you about, uh, you know, working with creators and product makers and, and get your point of view. No, I really appreciate it. This has uh, been a big area of passion for me for probably going on three or four years now. Uh, and I think that uh, I'm among a probably a relatively small group of industrial brands that are really looking at at content creators and social media influences as a way to ad- advance the ball for uh, for things like the trades and welding in particular. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we uh, just get started and let everybody know, you know who you are and, and what you do over there at Lincoln. Uh, so my name is Craig Coffey, uh, based in Cleveland, Ohio. That's where Lincoln Electric's headquarters are. It's an awfully cold day here today, but uh, <laughs> at least the snow's not coming down like it has been for the last couple of days. Um, I've been with Lincoln here about uh, going on my seventh year now. Uh, I manage marketing communications for the North American operations. 
uh, which includes all of the products that people typically think of when they think of welding, which is like the pipeline welders and the uh, the heavy steel uh, construction type welders. Uh, but one thing, uh, a lot of things people don't know about Lincoln is we've also invested heavily into welding automation at the top end of our business. And uh, there is a growing uh, catalog of products that are being more available, more accessible to probably a lot of the people who are in your audience, which we call our commercial products group. But these are products that are typically uh, a little more sophisticated or bulletproof than the stuff you would see at your typical big box store. Um, and uh, we're finding more and more that uh, we've got to design products for an audience that may not have uh, an intrinsic knowledge of welding. Gotcha. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, I, I realized real quick when I got into welding was just how much emphasis Lincoln was putting on making it like uh, more approachable. Um, so I think by those products, you know, like those are those are some of the things that uh, that I love about working with you guys. I know Brad, you know, also has worked with you guys, Brad. Brad, uh, Brad snagged up a welder last year, about a year ago to now. I mean, we're, we're running in on your one year anniversary. I know, <laughs> I know. You guys got me hooked, man. And and I, I think that is huge about, because that was always, and uh, I, I know as we were talking, Craig, and, and talking about some of the uh, hardships around getting the word out about welding is, is and I forget, is was it uh, uh, dark and scary? What, what were the? Yeah, yeah. So so here's here's the stat we always throw out there. We're losing, we're losing 65,000 professional welders on an annual basis. Let me throw another number out at you um less than one tenth of one percent of the world's population knows how to weld so a, a pessimist would say we're we're totally screwed but an optimist like <laughs> me says that's 99.9 percent .9 of the population that's my target market <laughs> uh, but yeah we've made welding dark dangerous and and intimidating for 100 years and we wonder why nobody wants to, to to start welding so uh i know from talking to makers over the last several years and my my first introduction was to uh actually Funny story, uh, the actor Nick Offerman is the one who suggested I should talk to Jimmy DeResta if I really wanted to get an education on on what this maker movement was all about um, in an interview for in our ARC Magazine product. Uh, and I think that the, the, the upshot is when people want to learn how to do something, the vast majority of people aren't going to go take a class. And unfortunately, we've lost that... Uh, that tribal knowledge on welding that, you know, used to be able to, you could you talk to your uncle, your grandfather, your, if you're lucky, your dad, and he could teach you something about stick welding or arc welding. But we've lost that as a generation. So people turn to YouTube and they turn to Instagram and they turn to folks like you guys to, to find out, I think, what you guys found out pretty early. I mean, uh, which is welding is not that hard. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I would, I, I'm a, a, a novice welder myself. I would definitely not put myself in the class of a, uh, of, of anyone who does this for, for a profession. But on contrast, I'm also not building a bridge. Uh, the worst thing that happens <laughs> if I build something and it breaks is there's going to be red wine spilled on my carpet at my house because I'm yeah. building a coffee table. So getting over that intimidation factor by showing people that uh, that they can do it is, I, I think, one of the most important things I can do as a, as a brand leader. Yeah, it is. It, and I think you guys have done a great job making it less intimidating. I mean, especially with uh, some of the newer models and the the 210 MP is, you know, it's it's just, it takes all of that, like you said, the tribal knowledge and you're using the electronics to work that for you, right? And so it's like, what's the thickness? Uh, you know, what what wire gauge are you using? And you just dial those in and it, and it makes it a lot easier. So I, I love that piece of it, but it's still trying to get the word out there. So, you know what, why don't we jump into like how, you know, when you said you, you've been passionate about it, like, what what did you see early on? You know, you've been there as as this whole social media 
you know, snowball started rolling. Like, where did that, was it that conversation with, with Nick Offerman? Like, where did that start? And where did you really start thinking, yeah, this is somewhere I want to be? Yeah. So Nick, Nick started me on the, on on the, uh, kind of rolling on the conversation and he really encouraged me at the end of the, so Nick gave me this, this, this hour long interview and you can find a copy of, uh, of the interview at at arcmagazine.pub, um, which, and he, um, at the end of the interview, he was super generous with his time for a guy who was as busy as he was. He, we talked for an hour and then, and then we kind of chatted about house projects and furniture projects he was working on. And then he said, you know, and it was kind of an afterthought. He goes, did you ever, have you ever heard of a guy named Jimmy DeResta? And I knew I heard the name, but I didn't really have any context for it. And uh, he said, this is a guy you really got to talk to. I mean, this guy is the most creative person I know. He's finally uh, kicked the television habit and and gone straight to YouTube with all of his content you should check him out. Uh, I think he, he helped me build a couple canoes about a year ago. I think you'd like talking with him and working with him. So I took his advice. And the next day, I looked up Jimmy and I saw how much, uh, how large his audience was. And I think at the time, he was probably in the 750,000 subscriber range on YouTube. And uh, I contacted him and a lot of things kind of fell into place. Timing wise, he was looking for a welder at the time. He had literally just walked out of a comp- uh, of a distributor showroom and was going to buy a competitive product and decided not to because the, the sales rep pissed him off. <laughs> um, so we we sat down together. And we talked about a few projects and we had the PowerMic 210MP getting ready to launch. And I said, well, let's try, uh, let's try this. Let's try it like a you know, like anything, I want to get something for free because I'm a I'm a brand. Uh, I said, let's try a uh, a simple project. Uh, can you come up with some content we can post about the 210MP? We're having a, a 9.99 sale for it. Uh, let's see how that performs, and if it performs well, we'll we'll kind of go full you know hog wild on this thing and get and go all in. So he called me or sent me an email at like eight in the morning the day of we were supposed we agreed that we'd launch that video, and I said I'll get to it when I can get to it. But thanks for letting me know. Uh, at 10 a.m., I had he it had 80,000 views. Nice. Um, by noon, it was up well over 100,000, and uh, that's when the the light bulb like kind of went <laughs> like blew up over my head, and I said, "There's something to this." Because then the comments started rolling in about, "Do you like to use this product?" And uh, you know, uh, I'm looking at getting a welder. Can you make a recommendation? This seems like the right up my alley and the right price. So all the right kind of buy signals you want to see as a as a brand when you start looking at the comments and looking at the engagement were there. And that's when I uh, I started on this journey. Um, I started hanging out with Jimmy. I went. To, I think I went to the first uh, the first maker fair with Jimmy probably four years ago, where that was hosted in New York City. And I met at that time April Wilkerson, Laura Kampf. Um, uh, I think Jocko, whatever was there, there was a half a dozen, uh, guys there and, and we formed relationships with a lot of them. And it's been, um, some of the best relations, some of the best content we've built have been built from the relationships that started there. And they've all kind of, I think that, you know, uh, so Jimmy, I guess is like influencer zero in our world. And then everybody else has been kind of like the, the, uh, as, as, as spider webbed out from there. Yeah, well, he's definitely a leader in in our community, which is awesome seeing him and, uh, with his uh, notoriety and and his TV work, and you know he's he's an amazing person to to have in our community, and it's it's cool to see that that really came out, and it, like he was just on like ask this whole house like he's always like seems like he's breaking all these barriers and getting uh you know getting into new things so that's that's fantastic. Well, I've got a whole story about ask this old house and how that 
got to where it is right now and how they cut me out of it. But that's a totally different, <laughs> that's a totally different story. Uh, Jimmy has been very generous in trying to sneak, sneak the Lincoln brand into those episodes too. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think the other thing about the, the maker community versus, I mean, we've, Lincoln has traditionally invested a lot in product placement on television. I mean, if you watch almost any time there's welding on TV, there's probably a better than 80% chance that it's being done with Lincoln welders, whether it's Forged in Fire or the Gold Rush TV shows or Bering Sea Gold or, you know, you pick one. If there's welding going on, there's a good chance that it's our stuff. And it's uh, and we typically work with the talent, not with the uh, not with the production companies. And that presents challenges uh, all the time because the production company is looking for ways to get commercial commercially paid for that stuff. But like our, our a really early foray into that area was with Chip Foose. And Chip Foose was one of the first um, first celebrities or personalities who said, if, if I can't bring Lincoln to the show, I'm not coming to the show. Uh, we rarely get that. So usually, and so if you see our stuff on the show, it's sometimes it'll have the, you know, the duct tape over our logo, but we know if it's a red machine, it's our machine. So it's, right. there's, uh, you know, a, a lot of fun to be had there. But the problem with the television is a, the lag time uh, between production and, uh, and publication and B, the lack of, um, of direct correlation between viewership and sales. Um, so you take that, you can kind of extrapolate that out to the, to, to the YouTube or, or Instagram or content creation community. We can see immediately the impact of our investment and in working with those folks and can make some pretty smart decisions on um, who's pulling the right audiences for us. Or maybe there's an audience that we, uh, we were kind of skeptical about. It's a really, really fast and easy way for us to test if that audience is going to be a good audience for us. Uh, and and a lot of that's based on just like I said earlier the the, the qualitative the uh, the quantitative is great to see the number of, of views and likes and and those things are great, but the qualitative the ability to go through and kind of look at what social sentiment is about our brand or about that uh, that content creator, and I know there's always the debate with content creation about whether or not uh, they're uh, somehow uh, poisoning their audience when they start doing paid promotions, but. You know, at the end of the day, if you guys want to be full-time content creators, you got to get paid to do that. So I, I think I always look at it from a you know from from when we published our magazine, the one litmus test for us was would people forgive us for advertising if we created the best content we could? And I think that's the same kind of thing from an influencer, from a content creator standpoint. I look for it too. If it's always commercial, if it's always pitching something, then it, it then the content suffers. But if the content's always first and the product placement is organic or the product use is organic, then I think that your viewers or your your uh, your followers will forgive you for the fact that you've got to make a living at this thing too. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. That's something we've talked about on the show before is how brands, especially large brands like yourself, uh, like to see that passive voice. They like to see a non-forceful product placement for most of the time because of that, exactly what you said, you know, the viewer is going to become turned off essentially if you're just, you know, uh, hawking brands left and right in this ad, that ad kind of thing. I know Lincoln, uh, as, as long as I've worked with you guys, and as long as I've seen your content with Jimmy, I've always been in that sort of product placement realm, creating brand awareness, um, looking for that return long term, working with quality creators and quality content creators, specifically in our space, um, compared to, you know, running mid-roll or pre-roll kind of ads uh, based on, you know, your relationship with that individual. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that a little bit? Because we, we see both of them and both of them work very well. Um, you know, and, and it's just uh, 
I think it plays to what you were just talking about is that um, it, it takes away from the content specifically if you, you know, hard cut to an ad compared to just hard usage of a product over time kind of thing, right? Yeah, you know, the trend I've been seeing a lot lately is if there is a a, a hard advertising element, it typically doesn't seem to be a um, a product that would be in direct use by the maker. So whether it's uh, who's the 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 uh, bed in a box manufacturer is not a lot of, yeah, a lot there's, of good content. There's a bunch of them, yeah. And it's 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 um, and so I I just saw it was uh, um, Alex Steele just did a he built a bed for himself and he uh, got the the mattress from I, I I can't remember who it was but I have one of them actually I got one <laughs> Jimmy recommended it believe it or not because he did one a long time ago too my, we love it my wife and I love it uh, but um, I think that's an interesting trend so you can be a little off brand as long as you're because I think that the, and I think the brands that are investing that I'm just speculating here it's more because there's a demographic uh, that they're trying to hit and not necessarily a targeted audience you're trying to get. Mm. For me, uh, it's the targeted audience that I want to get to. So I specifically look at and target people who um, are tangent to welding, but not in welding generally. Uh, because what I'm trying to show, it would be relatively easy for me to go after guys who were the hardcore welding advice or welding tips and tricks kind of guys uh, and, and try and sponsor their content. Uh, and I've talked to guys like Jody Collier and he's, I, I give him a lot of credit. He's very um, reluctant to do that because he wants to be the voice for all welding equipment, not just our welding equipment. So he'll do product reviews, but he tends not to want to do sponsorship stuff. But what I want to do is get people involved in welding. So I'm looking at people who would, so what are some of the similar things you see from people who want to get involved in welding? I mean, there's the people who are willing to spend $1,000 on a tool. That's that, that That's a benchmark. So if you've got a cabinet grade table saw and not, you know, a, a cheap and cheerful table saw from from your big box retailer, that's a sign to me that that you've made some investments. And I want to reach people who want to make those investments um, because they look at it as as that it's an investment. It's not a commodity. Uh, and it's the, you know, the, the the Johnny Brooks, you know, buy once, cry once mentality. That's, those are the kind of guys we want to get to uh, who recognize the value of the tool, uh, in, even if they aren't going to put it into practice every day. Yeah, and it, it is interesting to see, too, that they're um, and it's been kind of cool to see like that there's the grades, too. Right. I mean, you can you can still get, you know, a Lincoln welder from the big box store yeah. and and have that. And, and so like because I know when, uh, when we were out with with Ben Ueda out in Joshua Tree and they had a weld pack 140. Right. So mm -hmm. I got a chance to use that weld pack 140 versus my my power make 210 MP. And, and it, you know, it's, it's a very different experience, right? Like, yeah. and I don't know what the exact price point differential is, but it's, uh, you know, at least 50% more if, if not, uh, 75, yeah, 100% more. About right. Yeah. And, uh, and that, but when you look at it, you, you get that return in the, in the quality and just the ability that, that, you know, 140, we're like looking in there and like trying, trying to figure out the dials and the heat and, and all that good stuff. And it's 110 versus, uh, running on or uh, 120 230 versus formal, 240, yeah. 230. Yep. And so, uh, you know, I, I do like that idea of being able to to dip your toe into the the welding space uh, at the big box store, but still, you know, then there's that higher level, and and then you go even higher with like your your Ranger line, and when you go through that, like you're getting to really serious folks. Like, so when you think about your products and what's going to resonate with those people that you're looking for, is it, um, you know, maybe just start with like how does that because I don't you're not working with a whole ton of people. It's a, it's a fairly tight knit group. Like how has that traditionally gone for you when you see somebody that you're like, Oh yeah, that could be, is it typically them reaching out to you or are you reaching out to them? Or is it, uh, you know, meeting at, 
at uh, different conventions? What does that look like? You know, it, it happens both ways. I mean, um, so uh, I would say that more often than not, it's really organic. Somebody knows somebody. Um, you know, I you know this. You, you guys are a perfect example. Uh, John introduced me to you, uh, and, and that, that that relationship grows that way. And it's and the nice thing is, it's almost like you know, if I could have job interviews with job candidates here and have and be able to like see tons of content they deliver online before I hire them. It gives you a lot better feeling. Um, and there's been some, some misses. I mean, I, I, you know, I won't name any names, but you know, there's some people that unfortunately that we can't partner with because they're, um, either too controversial, controversial or off brand for us, or, uh, you know, they swear like sailors or they uh, or, or when something goes bad with a brand, they have a tendency to, to, to name names and, and point fingers. Mm. Those are the kinds of things we still have to think about at Lincoln. We're a relatively conservative company. So we have to we want to partner with people who who, under, who are professional. I think that's the big thing who are professional and understand that, hey, if something goes wrong, with the product we send you if you have a manufacturing defect or something happens or it's just you don't know how to operate the machine. Right, too. We have to understand there's some of that that I get the first call, not all your friends and followers. <laughs> That's right. super important to us. Um, but, uh, you know, I did meet, uh, you know, one of the, one of the big eye openers for us last year, uh, as a brand was, uh, attending and sponsoring WorkbenchCon, um, which I thought was a, a really strong effort at establishing a, uh, a maker based event. But I noticed that I was among the only brands there that were really super hands-on. And I had, we had three welders there, I think. And we had a line out, like every time we were set mm -hmm. up to weld, we had lines and lines of content creators waiting to learn how to weld because they always wanted to try and never had an outlet for that. And that's something that's really tough for us to solve for is that, that hands-on experience. And I probably met uh, or contracted at least three, maybe five new content creators as a result of meeting them at, at WorkbenchCon. At the same time, I probably, I won't contract with probably that just as many of those because of some things I saw or some things I heard or the relationship that didn't get off the ground correctly at that event as well. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And that's one reason we emphasize to our audience, you know, like go to shows, network, like go meet people in person. I, I understand we live in this digital space, right? But there's real people behind these brands. And we say this all the time is like, uh, you you were talking about it a little bit earlier and bringing that you know tangential uh, marketplace uh, to the brand value specifically for you guys you know someone who could possibly get into welding I mean you know, what could an individual that's an influencer or wants to be an influencer do to help break down that barrier for you to get their audience uh, intrigued by how easily consumable welding can be now and I think. You know, there's multiple ways to go about it, but one way that I, you just nailed is getting your hands on a welder, right? So, like getting yeah. to Workbench Con or getting to uh, your guys' event coming up, spring making, getting your hands on a welder, uh, you can learn so much when you have the dedicated time to put forth to it compared to, you know, possibly popping over a buddy's and picking up his welder for an hour or two or going you know, getting one and then having it sit on the shelf because you're intimidated by it or you don't have the right gas or you are out of, you know, wire or mm -hmm. whatever that might be, you know, getting in a <clears throat> designated area or situation where you can get hands on. I know I, I specifically last year at Spring Break and Brad specifically have spoken <laughs> in depth about how much time and effort we both put into TIG welding when we had the time to sit down <laughs> and practice. And I, and yep. I love and that ask that the right the questions to the right people. Yeah, exactly. So being around people who who know what they're doing, I 
I was so excited when you said that we were going to be able to weld at the event last year just for that specifically. I was like, wait, I get to pick the brain of Prosner and Fuller like in person, yeah. right? And then like, yeah. so I sat, I mean, you guys were eating lunch and I'm still in there like Yeah, John rides. and I were like the only guys. We were like <laughs> sitting across booths from each other. We we're just like, I'm not eating, I'm, I'm gonna welding. I'm going to get this beat down. I'm going to get it down. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, like, so what, I think it's invaluable. a good... Uh, and, and I think that's a this is a perfect uh, maybe transition just to, to talk a little bit more about Spring Make and, and Def because I know the cool thing uh, that's very different from other conferences and maybe just go into this a bit more but is that you're offering like a crash course beforehand too which is basically what what John and I and April and Jimmy and mm-hmm. Laura and several others went through uh, that it's like a, a day long once you hit on on exactly what that uh, whole thing is for Spring Make and the crash course on welding before sure so so the, the first thing about Spring Make is uh, Lincoln is one of one of several brands that are now behind Spring Make so I, I reached out into our in, into right out to my my network of influencers and content creators I work with to try and get some of the best brands that I could that would make this more than just a metalworking uh, or or welding event um, because I think that one of the biggest opportunities for welding is this cross pollination um, whether you're building furniture or or doing home remodeling or you know whatever your your niche is uh, you know making things out of concrete uh, welding can be part of that we we have to recognize that for for this audience welding is a tool not vocation. So I wanted to show that tool can be used with other tools uh, and is best used when you think of it that way. So um, in addition to, to Lincoln Electric, we've got support from uh, from Jet Tools, uh, Rigid Tool, which is a, a local Cleveland brand, is going to be a, a big supporter of, of the entire uh, the entire effort. Uh, FURD, which is the uh, um, the world's leader in, in grinding and polishing technologies, is going to be on board. And they, I, I've spent some time with these guys. They they they'll blow your minds on what can be done uh, with raw steel uh, to make it look like a material you never thought it would be. Uh, so, so it's that whole like on the furniture building side of things. It's you know you rush to finish something in fr- in furniture and then you blow when you do with the finishing. Uh, bird is this it feels the same way that that's this is the way to get really professional results whether it's metal or wood uh so uh, that's just a, a few of the brands they're supporting and another brand called certiflat which makes welding tables uh and and we're talking to a bunch of other people and we're hoping that we'll get some people on board uh officially very soon but uh yeah like you mentioned the the format of of spring make is going to be um kind of we think different than any other um, event out there it's specifically aimed at content creators uh, our tagline is uh, build your skills build your brand so it's both hands-on about uh, building skills and, and content creation skills both technology skills so uh, you know we're going to have classes on on cnc cad drawing or uh, uh, cad drawing and and uh, cnc plasma cutting hopefully we'll get a, a sponsor in there can help us with some cnc uh, carving stuff but um the on the front end in order to establish a baseline for content creators who might not even know where to start with some of these things we're going to have two possibly three crash courses on the first day so the first day will be a crash course in either welding or woodworking and right now we're talking with a a local company about potentially offering a crash course in blacksmithing uh, so that the rest of the time you spend in spring make will be that much more productive so um the idea being, if you can learn those basics on the first day, you can think about specific projects or specific questions on day two and three. Uh, day two and three will take uh, kind of a combination of classroom and workshop uh, uh, form. So the classrooms will typically be more of the technology ideas. Uh, we've got folks like Jen Woodhouse coming in. 
uh, who's going to talk about uh, how to make your photography better so it really looks good on on, on your on your social platforms. We've got a guy, uh, uh, Caleb Harris, who's going to be teaching a class on how to set your 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 content creation business up from a legal perspective per, to keep you protected from getting sued by somebody, which I think is cr critically important and probably hugely overlooked. So that's just a couple examples of some of the in-class um, classrooms. And then the workshops will be kind of a choose your own adventure workshops. The way we're envisioning it right now, and this will be dependent on number of registrations we get, is we're going to have a dedicated woodworking area and a dedicated um, uh, metalworking area. And it's going to be welding, uh, Jet's providing a bunch of tools for on the metalworking side, um, bandsaws and things like that. And they're also going to be, and Bridget's obviously going to be providing a ton of, of hand tools, uh, hand power tools for us to use. And then on the woodworking side, uh, same thing. We'll have planers and and joiners and table saws. And uh, the idea is, if you have a project, one of the one of the ideas we're we're kicking around is um, like a build your own build your own bar stool competition. So we'll have materials on hand. We'll let people kind of design in any way they feel free, whether whether any way they want to design, whether it's designing things by hand or designing them on a computer outputting them in whatever way they want to output them and then put them together and assemble them over the course of two days, which will drive you to think about what skills you need to get better at in order to get your finished product. Um, and I think that healthy competition or collaboration, collaboration, let's call it that, <laughs> yeah. uh, is a fun way to do that. Another one we're doing is, um, you know, right now, knife making is hugely popular. And we've got uh, a guy named Tommy Matthews, who's a local, a local guy uh, who was a Forged in a Fire winner. And basic knife making is something that can be started on a computer, cut with CAD on a plasma cutter, and then the entire process of of heat treating that that piece of steel, putting an edge on it, and putting a putting a uh, a handle on it, and maybe even a sheath around it is something that can be project based. So it's when people think in terms of projects, they think in terms of process. If I teach welding discreetly or woodworking discreetly, it doesn't show people how those things marry up. And the nice thing about the talent pool we're drawing from to be doing the education at Spring Make is anybody you need to ask a question to will be there. If you need to make a jig to make something uh, work better or do something better, we're going to have Izzy Swan teaching basic jig making. And I don't, if you've ever watched Izzy's uh, content, Insane. this guy, he, ju he just thinks differently about how to get stuff done. <laughs> he does. You know, uh, and uh, or Zach Herberholtz and and uh, Brett McAfee from uh, Skull, and Skull and Spade 13 are going to be kind of teaching that second level of blacksmithing. So if you want to do something more, those guys would be guys the guys to help out with that. Uh, Jimmy's going to be doing some keynote speaking. We're going to punctuate the whole thing with some keynotes. Um, I'm going to be talking about why brands care about you guys. Why should you even be there? And how do you? And hopefully, what I'll be talking about will help you uh, you as content creators get better at. Uh, approaching and getting professional relationships with brands. Uh, and I'll t take the point of view of because you're valuable to them and you just have to prove that value. And if you do, if you can prove that value, you're probably one of the, um, the best, uh, the best spends they can do from a media perspective. So I'll be taking that approach. Laura Kampf is going to talk about, uh, so if you, you want to do this for a living, prepare for some sacrifice it can be done but you got to sacrifice some things in your life if you want to get if, if that's really your goal so she's going to talk a little about that and i'm really excited to have uh jesse combs who's been a, a a collaborator of ours for years at lincoln who's going to talk about something that i've really my eyes are really opened up to at WorkbenchCon, which is it ain't just a man's world out there guys mm -hmm. and so she's going to be talking to essentially 50 percent of the audience maybe even more than that depending on the signups about 
about girls can do anything that guys can do and sometimes they can do it better. So I think that's going to be a really fun event. We're really looking forward to, I love hosting things in Cleveland because if you haven't been to Cleveland, um, I can show anybody a good time in this town. (laughs) Yeah. Cleveland's awesome. I mean, very close to me. I'm actually very excited because I love the panel you guys have. I love how dedicated the classes are actually to the development of the craft itself or the business side of the craft. You know, there's so many skills that go into what we're doing. Uh, you talked about 3D modeling and you thought to talk about, uh, you know, the incorporation of metal and wood together and all of those sort of uh, those those aspects that uh, attach one to the other. That's kind of where it's very difficult to to teach unless you are hands on doing it. So I'm actually very excited to go learn. Um, I know I'll be teaching a course there. Brad is also going to be there teaching. I mean, like, and so we're just super stoked for a more hands-on show. Uh, I loved, I was in your booth last year at WorkbenchCon, you know, showing people how to weld. I was putting down beads, you know, and doing the best I could to help get the individuals who'd never done it before into welding. Um, and I think that by that, getting that hands-on experience in, in anything, uh, it can stir some sort of uh, inspiration uh, and get you fired up to try something new or to improve upon what you've been doing before. Uh, coming from sports, you know, I was always I loved playing with players better than me because then I could stand next to them on the field and try and emulate them to become better yeah. myself. And I think this is kind of exactly that. You know, you have so many high quality and high level uh, makers of all different crafts that you can go in and it's just going to be an abundance of knowledge. Um, I'm super stoked. I think, I think it's going to be a blast. And then, you know, last year we had, we had so much fun. Cleveland's such a cool city. It's so gritty. You got that rust belt feel. Uh, You guys showed us a great time. So we're really, really excited. Both of us, uh, not just to to be attending, but to be learning as well. Well, I I think the the one thing you hit on uh, John is I, I think super important is that, this is a, it's a, it's weird for us because when we talked about TV personalities earlier, a lot of those guys are in competition with each other, either because of ego or because of what network they're on. This whole content creation thing is a team sport. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the one thing I've been noticing more and more is that there's no, it's not me versus him or, you know, she versus I it's, it's, Hey, you got to check out my buddy. And I don't know how many times I've heard that from anybody. You gotta, you gotta meet this guy. This guy's a perfect match for you. And to take that and, and, and just the social aspect of, of, to your point, John, hanging around with each other and uh, whether it's the, you know, the after school stuff or the during school stuff, hanging around, mm-hmm. collaborating. What did you get out of this? Having a couple drinks and and having a lot of fun keeps people coming back and it keeps that conversation going. And, it, uh, you know, I met people at WorkbenchCon that both you guys have worked with and it sparked conversations that sometimes gestated for a year before they really got off the ground. But uh, sometimes I think that's okay because everything moves at its own pace. But had I not made those connections, it would have been a total cold call. So I'm looking forward to it. One of the things we're, we're kicking around at spring make is, is uh, what we're calling a, uh, a speed dating uh, session between brands and makers. We're hoping we can pull that off. So it's essentially putting brands and content creators who want to expand their opportunities in a room together. Uh, we're going to kind of uh, let, Based on the registrations we get, we're going to let the the brands who are there know who's coming and what their social followings are or what their aspirations are so that uh, we can maybe advance that ball in a formal way. Uh, so if we've got guys from Jet or guys from Ferd who want to do more investing in content creation, they'll have all the all the details. And then you can have those more subjective qualifi- qualification co- conversations about how do you see this relationship working? What kind of projects you have they offer? That sort of stuff, which I think is going to be uh, something that it's not offered anywhere. 
I think it's it's a unique uh, it's a unique conference or show, uh, you know, because it's it's really getting towards the making side of it and, and the expertise there versus the the learning. And I know that was the big thing when we first started talking about it, Craig, is you're like, I don't want I don't want it to be a bunch of classroom. You know, I want it to be 90 percent making and 10 percent classroom. And, yeah, and I think you, guys you can't be better. talking heads. I mean, even even the right. classroom, even the classroom stuff we're having, I hope is is super interactive. I mean, I don't want people right. like I don't want people talking about CNC design. I want people to bring their laptops and design something for CNC and then see it built over the course of the next two days. That's to me going to be where the magic really happens. Yeah, totally agree. Because that's why, like, uh, you know, I've done a lot of Instagram teachings uh, over the years. And as you know, as we start talking about it in my classes on Instagram, it's like, well, how do we do this interactive? And it's going to be more of like, we're going to be pulling people's profiles up and being like, hey, here's, you know, here's where you could improve. Here's where. And so exactly. What do we call it? The social media, the social media mirror test. Yeah. Like you think you're really alive on social media. You got to look at this stuff. (laughs) I mean, you've got to, and you got to actively manage it. It's something that you, uh, you can't be passive about. And I think that's going to be a really popular course. Absolutely. So, and I know you've got some meetings to go to here, Craig, but one thing I do want to have just for a takeaway for the audience, what, what are some of the things that uh, an influencer or even just a product person, because I know you've talked about that, but, uh, and I think a lot of these folks don't think of themselves as influencers or they don't think of themselves as content creators, but it's somebody who's got a shop, you know, it's almost like, like Maleki used to be, you know, where he has a custom furniture shop, but then they're dabbling in social media to get their presence out there. And then they're, they're trying to feel their way out in this world as a as a brand, and you, you've kind of dabbled along this, but you know, what are some tips, either some do's or some don'ts of how somebody should interact with you specifically or just brands in general? You know, what are things that you really like to see? What are things that turn you off? You know, I, I, that's that's an interesting question, um, you know, because my, my background in, in marketing is not just in, in this kind of marketing, but I'm a, you know, I'm a, a, history, a history of content creation, a content marketing effort. And I think it's a lot like um, it's a lot like dating. Um, and I, I say that because you, you've got to be authentic in your approach and, and, um, uh, what's the best way to put it? If you want to, if you want to meet somebody special, uh, you might have to date around a little bit, but you can't like act like you're in love with everybody you meet. Um, <laughs> and you know, uh, you have to be, and you have to know what you want out of a relationship and what you don't want out of a relationship. So, you know, if, if, uh, if kids are a deal killer for you, then you probably shouldn't date somebody and think you're going to get a serious relationship out of somebody who uh, who wants to have kids. So um, maybe that's a, a little bit of a loose analogy, but I think that authenticity is the biggest thing as brand we we look for. Um, it's really up to the you know the difference I think between dating and 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 uh, trying to seek out brands to work with is um, I think brands are naturally defensive about being sold something. So you have to find a unique approach that works for you in order to break through the clutter. So, uh, you know, some of the things that have worked well for me is um, when when people say, I see a strong connection between what I'm doing and what you guys and the products you guys have coming out, which shows that, hey, you have a history of looking and seeing what we're doing. Or I like your relationship with these guys. How do I get to be uh, in your, you know, uh, in your stable of, of, of content creators? Uh, so I can help you without that too. And bring to the party uh, and, and bring to the conversation what you're bringing to the party. Like, here's where my aspirations are. If I'm starting out in the content world and you say, my 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 aspirations are to own this niche and be different than, similar to this guy, but different in this way, I think that's important too. Uh, there's a a lot of prolifer, prolifer, proliferation of uh, of a lot of Me Too content out there. People just mimicking other people's styles. 
And I, going back to Jimmy, I think Jimmy is patient zero of that. I mean, for a while, everybody's doing the sped up, uh, you know, the sped up right. uh, <laughs> style of, uh, of shooting. Uh, but you got to find your own, you got to find your own, your own road to run. Uh, and I think that's an interesting, an interesting approach. Uh, you you got to be authentic. Um, you got to, you got to sell me without selling me, if that makes sense. Uh, show me what you're doing. Show me what's different. You prove to me you've got a style that's unique to you and I'm going to pay attention. Gotcha. And what, just to, to build on that a little bit, what is that, you know, what does that initial ask look like? Cause I know that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're like, you know, how, like, how, what, I don't know, like, what do I ask for? Do I, do I ask for, you know, a, a welding helmet or do I ask for, you know, a, a full set of welding, you know, or do I ask for a hundred grand, you know, like how, how does that, you know, what does that range look like? And obviously that's going to depend on people and, and the size of the mm-hmm. following. So like when you're looking to work with somebody, what, what does it kind of, that kind of look like in your mind when you think about, okay, this is somebody new, either they've been on your radar, radar or they're not. And like, you know, how do you judge what kind of investment you want to make and like you said, in that, you know, that whole dating, right, obviously, uh, that it's going to depend upon performance and execution on that initial. But, you know, what, what does that what does that kind of look like? Getting yeah, I think that, that I think that by and large for me and I can't speak for everybody, but I, I you know, I, I can probably make some educated guesses. It generally starts with um, with product first. I mean, can we do like even with Jimmy, who's the biggest name in, in, in this in this space? It started with let's see what happens if I give you one thing and you know one piece of product and one one task let's see where that goes um and i'm measuring two things both the performance of that task and uh the adherence to the rules of engagement too like if i say i need this thing done by the end of the week and you don't get it to me until the following tuesday well that's that's going to be a tough sell if you come to me and say well let's make this formal and let's put an agreement together that makes it that monetizes it um, I also tend to work um, more often than not project by project with my with with influencers because that gives me more control over my engagement regarding content. Um, but I also know within within that I, I generally get and I hope you guys can both attest to it, give lots of flexibility into what those pro- how much my product needs to be used in that. Um, I know that I, I, and I'm different probably than a lot of uh, uh, people representing brands in that my brand doesn't have to be the star of the show. Uh, it just has to be on stage. Uh, it doesn't have to be everything you're doing, but as long as it gets a healthy dose of of exposure and exposure the right way, it's good. So one of the things I always focus on is got to use th- do things safely uh, because we can't have people who copy you guys who don't use gloves or just you know decide they're going to close their eyes when they're welding instead of putting a helmet on. Right. Uh, that's that, that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that makes our lawyers uh, you know have fits. So those are the kinds of things that I I, I kind of focus on. But I think that I, I think the other thing is, um, and, and this is just advice that I would give uh, to, I'd give your audience is start paying attention specifically when you're looking out at content that you like. Pay attention to the brands that are out there and try and find those common threads, um, because I, I, you'll, that'll tell you which brands are typically more willing to participate in content creation than others. Uh, those are the people who've seen that there's a value there. Uh, and you're going to have a much easier road to hoe with people who recognize that value than conv- than first than having to start that whole conversation with convincing them the value of content creation first. Yeah, love that. And 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 you beat us to the punch on the on the last question there for advice. So appreciate that. And I know you do have to to run, Craig. But uh, as John said, we are so excited about Spring Make, and I think it is a, a unique opportunity for folks from a learning perspective as well as just the knowledge and community gathering that. Uh, is going to be really awesome. And 
Uh, Cleveland does have some amazing uh, nightlife too. So we're, we're stoked for that. That that place we went last year was just amazing. So I'm, I'm sure you got even more on tap for us this year. Be so, bigger and better. Absolutely. So, so thank you so much. And we will definitely be sharing some more information about Spring Make. And uh, we, are, we are working on some different things. So we will definitely have some type of code for you guys, which we probably already announced at the beginning of the show. We're, we're wrapping that up. But uh, we would love to, to have our audience be able to come and meet you in person. Great. Thanks for All having right. me, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Craig. Awesome, Craig. Appreciate it. Hey, John, I am loving this new brand talk series. It's always a guessing game to know what the brands are thinking, but bringing folks on like Craig to give it straight to us is pretty awesome. Yeah, and Craig is such a forward thinker. Uh, it's always nice to be able to pick his brain and, and catch up and, and hear his insights on topics that are pertinent to our community that we're in like right now at the moment. Absolutely, and it was great hearing what he had to say. But one thing I was super excited about, so after the show, uh, Craig did send us that note, and we do have that $200 off. So now that you have heard more about it, make sure that you're going over to springmakeshow.com or you can go to the show notes at madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 82, and there'll be a link straight there. You want to use the discount code MADEFORPROFIT, all cap letters, and that is F-O-R, not the number four. Use that at checkout. You'll get $200 off the conference pass, uh, including the regular event or if you add in that crash course. Yeah, that's a fantastic offer. We're super pumped and super grateful as well to have Craig, Lincoln Electric, and Spring Make supporting the show. And if you guys want to join in more and support more of the community around the show, you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. Hop into there, uh, have a little conversation with some of our other listeners and uh, get to learning because there is a ton of great information bouncing around in that community as well. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to go hang out with those folks in the after show. John, let's get over there and crush it. Let's do it. Let's do it.